0: God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to Calvary Revival Labels at gmail.com or call 08065 God bless you as you listen and obey. But Amnon, after defiling and messing up Tamar, hated her and chased her away. And then you see something. Absalom, the direct brother of Tamar, the Bible said he did not speak to Amnon, neither good or bad, for two years. For two years. Of course, what Amnon did to Absalom's sister, Tamar, is not good. And it hurt him. Legitimately, he is supposed to be angry about it. But he should also forgive. But self does not know what forgiveness is. Self will never suggest or teach anyone to forgive. Rather, it will teach you different strategies you can follow to revenge the evil that was done unto you. That of Absalom was very strange. Very strange angry but never showed that he was angry. Because if ever he had shown that he was angry, Amnon would not have agreed to follow. He carried it in his heart as bitterness and malice, but refused to show any sign of it for two full years. When he finally plotted and killed him. tossed the wicked self in Absalom. Produce the following sins. Remember that self is the worker of sin. First of all, lack of forgiveness. And that led to bitterness. That led to hatred. And then hidden malice. And then murder. It is a shame reaction. That started with lack of forgiveness towards his brother's sin. That was against him. If he has a forgiving heart towards Amnon. If he forgives him. All other sins that followed will not have followed. That is where the problem of self is. He will never want you to forgive that person. Who obviously hurt you. Yes, he hurted you. Nobody is doubting it. But God and the Spirit of God is insisting that you should forgive that person. Forgiveness is a lifestyle for God's people. Jesus, even in teaching the disciples, said, When you pray, say, Forgive us our trespasses. As we what? Forgive those that trespass against us. One day Peter asked a question and said, how many times will my brother sin against me and I will stop forgiving? And he wanted to answer it by himself. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't ask me a question and answer. When you ask me a question, you wait for me to answer. Because it was quick to say seven times. Jesus said, even if you want to put number in it, it must be 70 times 7. In one day, four night times. Then the following day, you start counting from one again. That was trying to make it to show us that there's no room, there's no space where you say that somebody has offended you such a number of times because sometimes and most times you see somebody saying, you did the first one, I forgive you. You did the second one, I forgive you. This time around, sorry, I cannot take it again. This is the same self that will also cause you to forget the good things that the same person has done for you in the time past. You know, self is very terrible. Sometimes, Sometimes, your brother, your uncle, your auntie may be taking care of you. You are living in his house. He's feeding you, paying your school fees, doing all kinds of things for you. And then maybe one day, out of maybe one problem or the other, he decided to uh, maybe ask you to leave his house. And maybe refuse to discontinue what he's doing. Do you know that many, many people will forget all the good things that the uncle and the brother has done? Anytime he wants to tell you the story of his uncle or his brother, where did he normally start the story? From the bad that happened once after 10 years of good, self is wicked very wicked enemy inside he will not want you to talk about all the good that you have experienced and enjoyed from this man, from this woman it's only that one that one mistake that he made that he will capitalize on and be saying yes, he's a wicked woman, he's a wicked man look at what he did can a Christian do like that? The new life we have received in Christ Jesus is a life of peace. And peace is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall obtain they shall be called children of God. Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And in Luke 23:34. The man prayed for his enemies that we are crucifying him. He said, Father, as for me, I have forgiven them. And I'm asking you to join me and forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. We his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? You are not answering anything at all. You know, some people will tell you something. They say, what are you talking about? Am I Jesus? Eh? Jesus forgave people that are crucifying him because he is Jesus. Me, I'm a human being. But we are called to follow him, to follow his footsteps, to live as he lived. We are called to walk as he walked. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Eh? Very powerful scripture. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He that saith he abided in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. If you have NIV, or another version, that walk, there is a version that put it, leave. Where is good news? He ought to leave as he lived. Who has good news? Yes, read quickly. First John 2, verse 6. those who said that they are in union with God should live just like Jesus Christ. they should live their lives every day just as Jesus Christ did if you know exactly the way Jesus lived that's how you should what? you should live Ephesians 4.31 told us we have read it before let all bitterness all bitterness all rot all anger I wish Absalom has heeded to this scripture all bitterness all rot all insult all slander let them be put away from you with all malice verse 20, 32 and be ye kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has what? And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, for bearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Is there anyone who offended you and the time pass. Who hurt you by his or her actions, by his or her words? It will be good for you to forgive that person. Self will not want you to forgive the person. He will not. As we can see in Absalom's case. Remember that lack of forgiveness was the raw material that self used to produce bitterness in Absalom and then hatred and then silent malice and finally wicked mother, cold blooded there are reasons why every believer should forgive their offenders one, God forgave you all your sins you committed from the time you were born to the time you encountered Jesus. There is no amount of wrong that anyone will do to you that will equal that. And he said, forgive them or forgive us as we forgive those who sinned against us. Number two, when you forgive your offenders from your heart, no matter the level and the frequency of the heart, you will prove yourself to be a true disciple of Jesus who did so to his offenders. If we are his followers, we must treat our offenders exactly the same way he treated his own. Why must we forgive those that sinned against us? Number three, when we forgive them from our hearts, we prove our loyalty and obedience to the Holy Spirit within our hearts. Who we use our forgiveness to produce his fruit of peace, joy, love in us. There is a special liberty and joy from the Holy Spirit that floods your heart whenever you release from your heart those who have offended you. When we forgive, number four, our offenders from our hearts, we prove that we have denied the wicked self. We have rejected the self. Who wants to use that raw material of lack of forgiveness to produce more sins? Pro, um, Romans thirteen fourteen has told us, make no provision for the flesh. When you refuse to forgive, you are making provision for the flesh to keep working. Yes. I know that the man raped you, the man broke your heart in the relationship, the man messed you up. But you need to forgive. When we forgive those that offended us, like Absalom would have done, would have cut short the raw material that flesh would have used to produce further sins. I know two persons that more than 10 years now, they have been in enmity. I know them, two of them. The day I was telling the lady, a man and a woman, the day I was telling the woman, you need to forgive this man. He said, never. Do you know what he did to me? He's so wicked, I cannot even think of it. (laughs) <laughs> I said for the sake of going to heaven she said it is about heaven I'm already in heaven but forgiving this person forget it so I believe she has created her own heaven that she's going not the heaven of the Bible you know we have different Jesuses and different heavens people go When we forgive our offenders, I don't know the number, maybe number five, we prove our humility and submission to God. Eh? You remember James 4 7 said, Submit yourself to God, then resist the devil. So if you don't submit to God by forgiving the person that has sinned against you, you will not be able to resist the devil. holding a grudge in your heart against someone and at the same time resisting the devil is like holding someone's property and asking him to get away from you. Jesus said the prince of this world cometh he has nothing in me. John 14:30. The prince of this world cometh he has nothing in me. In Ephesians 4:27 he said don't give a place for the devil. When you refuse to forgive, you have provided a space for the devil in your life. Another reason why you need to forgive your offenders from the heart, you are still sinning against people. You are still offending people in one way or the other. Relationship is all about forgiveness. Yes, because I don't know who can claim that from morning to night, night to morning, one week, one month, let's say husband and wife, there is no time you make mistake or do something that offend your life partner in that relationship. Jesus never offended anyone. Do you remember? He never offended anybody. Still, He forgave those that were offending Him. How much more we that have been offending people left and right, front and back, up and down? Do you know that relationship is beneficial? And one of the things the devil does, I'm not talking about ungodly opposite sex relationship. Because many of you have corrupted that word, relationship. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about relating with your you know, cousin, your sister, your, your brother and sister in the fellowship. Normal relationship sometimes discipleship relationship, sometimes at the point where the benefit of relationship will start coming, this self will come and cause one thing to happen, cause one offense to come up, to cut it short, to deprive you from gaining and benefiting. You need to forgive, overlook, and continue so that what God planned for you to gain from that divinely arranged relationship will not be lost. Who knows how Absalom and Amnon would have helped each other in the future if Absalom had forgiven his brother? Who knows? If you do not forgive people who offended you from your heart, you will stop making spiritual progress. Think about it. A man on a journey, eh? he suddenly stops to hold another person and he's saying to the person you are not going to live here today he's on a journey he's now holding another person let me ask you is he, tra- he still traveling he has ended his own journey when somebody offends you and you didn't release that person forgive that person from your heart you are like a man that is going forward spiritually but you are now stagnated holding somebody down how do we say it in hebrew When you are holding somebody on the ground, you are what? You are holding yourself because the person will not go, you will not go. That's what unforgiveness is all about. When you refuse to forgive that man, that woman, that your brother, that your sister, that your father. Some of us, your father left you and your mother when you are small and he didn't take care of you. Offended you in many ways. But you need to forgive. That's what Christianity is all about. You can't win the soul of the offender back to God. You can't minister Christ to the believer. If you didn't forgive that person. So we cannot continue ministering to our classmates. We cannot continue ministering to our, you know, maybe fellow workers in the same working place. Of course, you know, people offend anyhow. Your business partners in the same line can offend you. They can gossip against you. You, For you to keep ministering to them, for you to keep preaching to them, you must forgive them. Because you can't preach without a heart of love. And even if you preach without a heart of love, you can't win any soul. Because... Soul winning is about loving people with the love of God. Everything is working together for our good. God does that. So when you forgive, you know that even the offense, God used it to work something for you. Joseph told his brothers that even though you people hurt me eh, by throwing me to the pit, and selling me to Egypt. But I now understand that it is God that arranged it. It is the working of God. If you read the book of Genesis, in the side of Joseph and his brothers, you will be touched. I mean, anytime I want to cry. If I want to cry now, I'll go and read it. Because... What played out between Joseph and his brothers is touchy. It touches the heart. Do you know that when the father died, the, 12, the is it 11 brothers, they came together. They say, let us go and beg him on down that our father has died. They came and forged something. And said, our father told us before he died that you should forgive us. And Joseph said, don't be afraid. Because they were suspecting that Joseph was treating the well because Jacob was still alive. He said, you people should not be afraid. It's not because of Jacob that I am treating you well. It was God that sent me before the time. So in every heart that people hurt you, there is something good God wants to work out. If only you will see the hand of God, you will just easily forgive your offenders. Think about these people that crucified Jesus. If the prince of this world had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. They didn't know that the crucifixion of Jesus will lead to salvation of men. So they haunted him so that we can be benefited. We can be saved. That's 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 8. There is a hidden agenda, hidden good, that God plans in every evil people do to you. Don't play with that sentence. It's true. Whenever people do, uh, whenever people do something that is hurting to you. God, if you will allow God to f- you pass through your vessel. Remember our team. What is our team? This is a vessel through which forgiveness must flow. If you will allow God to flow through you and forgive them. Watch out there is a promotion, there is something good coming out of that heart for you. But when you refuse to forgive, you will miss that good thing that God has planned for you. Lack of forgiveness hinders the flow of spiritual blessings and fortunes to the person that did not forgive from their heart. Even medical science proved that lack of forgiveness can cause hypertension. High blood sugar. It's true, and other diseases we follow. If you want to make heaven at last, you must always and quickly forgive those who offended you from their heart. Jesus said in the parable in Matthew eighteen. You know, I don't know whether you remember the parable where a servant was forgiven by the master of great debt, and then he met another servant that is owing him one small amount of money, and then seized him and said, I will not leave you until you pay your debt. And then the master had it and said, eh, I forgave you the big debt you are owing me and the, this small amount you can forgive your fellow servant and then he arrested him and put him into prison until he is able to pay the big debt he says in verse twenty thirty five, Matthew 18 35 he said so likewise shall your heavenly father do unto you your heavenly father will arrest you and put you into prison maybe spiritual prison Eh? If ye from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses, oftentimes one may think that he has forgiven others from his heart. Look at that thing if ye from where from your heart, from your heart. So sometimes people think that they are forgiving from their heart only to discover that there is still a bitterness eh? so what are the signs that you have really forgiven from your heart number 1 you are no longer angry with the person in your heart whether in his presence or in his absence you are no longer angry as long as you are still angry when you remember the person you have not forgiven You may not have totally forgotten what the person did, but it's no longer paining you. It, it's just like a wound that has healed, but there are scars. It's no longer paining you, it's just the scars. And number two, another sign that you are forgiven from the heart, <laughs> except for the purpose of teaching others you should stop talking about the offense to others. I don't know whether you get that. The devil will tempt you very, very well in this one. Eh? Because sometimes when you start telling the story of how that man, that woman, offended you or hurt you in the past, as you are still telling the story, you may even start crying, especially ladies. Eh? the pain will come back. So stop the story. In Hebrew chapter 8 verse 2, God said, I will remember their sins no more. I know no more to mean that I will never, it will not happen again. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember how many times? That should be our own attitude too. One of the temptations the devil will raise in this aspect is the same person that hurts you he may raise somebody to come to your side and the person will start telling you the story of how the same person hurted him. Are you, are you getting it now? the same person so as the person is telling the story look at what this person did to me I don't know that people can be wicked like this can you imagine how he treated me and all of that the next, person, the next thing that will happen is say, eh? I thought it was only me that he he hurt he treated like that and then you start your own story it's a temptation before you finish telling your story your heart will become bad about against that person again. It requires discipline to say no. Um, I don't want to hear this story. I want to live as Jesus lived. Another sign that you have forgiven someone from your heart is that you are free to relate with the person as before. You are free. I'm not saying that you, you are going to relate with the person, but at least you should be free to relate with the person. Sometimes you hear people say, I want to be careful with him now so that he will not do to me again what he did before. Something is educating you to think like that. What is the name of that? This wicked enemy called self. Another sign is that you will be free to preach the gospel And minister Jesus to the person if he's a believer. You'll be free. It takes the love of Christ filling your heart again for the person to intercede and minister to the person's spiritual need. You can't pray for somebody. I'm not talking about pray against. It's a natural thing to pray against those that hurt you. Very natural. That's why anytime in those churches or places of ministry and whatever. Anytime they raises the prayer point of praying against your enemy, you see the flesh. The flesh will come up with zeal. Am I correct? People don't sleep at that time. Eh? They say, it is time to show them what? Pepper. And they say, say after me, say after me, every man that doesn't want me to live, some assault. sometimes people please listen to this, listen carefully people they don't help especially ministers I'm not saying this to insult or degrade any minister they don't help the people they are ministering to even if you saw a vision that someone is against someone Eh? And it is clear, of course, from Adam self has been using people to fight, kill, and do all sorts of things against people. But do you know that when you are in Christ, you are protected. Even in the Old Testament, there are promises of God preserving those that are fearing him. He said... When they were few, they moved from nation to nation. He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. And he said, You are the apple of my eye. Do you know what it means that you are the apple? Who can stretch forth his hand to touch the apple of God's eye? That person has not been born and will never be born. And he said in Isaiah 54, verse 13, he said, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and grace Great shall be the peace of your children. Verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established and you shall be far from oppression. He now said, Surely they will gather. But not by me. He said, Whosoever that will gather against you shall fall for your sake. And he said, I have created the smith to produce weapons. He said, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper tell me what can be more, more true over these promises of God's protection concerning his people they won't teach you faith when you now come to the New Testament you, know, you see where the Bible is saying that he that is in you 1 John 4 verse 4 is greater than he that is in the world you see where the Bible is saying that you are hidden, your life is hidden with Christ in God, your life is hidden. Colossians 3, verse uh, 3. Your life is hidden. So, if anybody is looking for your life, he will first of all break God and get Christ. And when he gets Christ, he will break Christ and will not see you immediately. We have to search for your life because it was hidden in Christ. Who will break God, get Christ, break Christ, and start searching for your life? Who is that person? Who is that demon? They won't teach the people this. They will just tell you that it is your mother-in-law that is against you. It is your this, it is your that. Creating in enmity in families. Any ministry that will not produce peace in a family. When a member of the family starts going to that ministry or to that church, they will start saying, get the picture of all your... And from there, they will start telling you this is your enemy. Creating enmity in families such ministry they are not coming from God don't be deceived God is known for peace and blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God another sign that you are forgiving from your heart is that you will be happy when you hear that the person is making progress You you hear that the person that offended you is making progress, is progressing. You'll be happy. It's a sign that you are forgiven. Eh? (laughs) But sometimes when you hear a bad news about the person, there's a natural fleshly tendency to rejoice and say, "Uh eh When he did that to me, I didn't uh, do anything. God is fighting for me now. It shows you have not forgiven. And when you have opportunity to do good to that person, if you are forgiving from your heart, you will do him good. What are the suggested steps to forgiving people? that offended us from the heart. Number one, set your heart before time to forgive everyone that will offend you. We call it advanced forgiveness. Eh? Before you offend me, I have forgiven you. So when you offend me, I say, I'm sorry. I say, don't worry. I've already forgiven you before you offend. When you find it difficult to forgive somebody, then Resign. What do I mean by resign? Come to the place of prayer and say, Jesus, you are in me. I have tried to forgive this person. I couldn't. But I know you in me can forgive the person. So please, forgive the person. I remain in prayer until you are released within you. Let him do it since you cannot do it. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. It is not me that lives. Christ lives in me. So let Christ live. Let Christ forgive. But you need to you know, come to that point by serious prayers, remaining in prayers until you feel it happening within you. What if the person keeps repeating what he's doing, keep forgiving? There is a grace to keep doing so. Go back to Absalom's story. We have so many things to learn from the life of Absalom. Second Samuel chapter 14. You know, when he killed Amnon, he went into exile. He ran to another country. I think he married from that country. Married the king's daughter of that country. What was the name of that country? he ran to Geshur, that's Geshur, and um, he was dead and in chapter 14 the commander of David's army Joab felt that David is longing for his son and also felt that Absalom should be forgiven and be brought back and he started making moves for Absalom to be brought back He must have spoken to the king about Absalom. He said, no, let him remain there. And then he arranged a woman. Eh? The Bible called the woman a wise woman. Told the woman how to intercede for Absalom before the king. And why the woman was interceding for Absalom before the king. The king asked the woman, did you discuss with Joab? Because... He knew that it was Job that was carrying the matter of Absalom's return in his head. Did you discuss with Job? And the woman said, let me, be, let me be honest with you, sir. Everything I have said was put into my mouth by Job. And the king said, It's all right. I'm going to uh, consider this request now. And he gave order for Absalom Um, I mean, for Absalom to be returned back. So, immediately, Joab went and um, brought back Absalom. Verse 23. So, Joab arose and went to Gosha and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. When he came back to Jerusalem, the king said, Let him stay in his house. He should not see my face. So, for two years, Absalom was in his house, in the same palace. I don't know how they live in those days. That somebody will be in the same palace with you and you will not see his face. Of course, it's possible. Maybe uh, the king moves with in a um, tinted, <laughs> tinted horse or whatever. I don't know how that was possible. The same compound but he, has, he didn't see the king's face so at the time Absalom has an ambition he wants to be the king and he cannot you know assess the throne if he didn't meet with the king so he became restless he sent for Joab Joab did not come he sent again Joab did not come do you know what he did he told his servants to go and put Joab's farm on fire Eh? Look at verse 30. Therefore he said unto his servants, See Job's field is near my own. Eh? And he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servant set the field on fire. Then Job rose and came to Absalom unto his house and said unto him, Wherefore have thy servant set my field on fire? And Absalom answered, I sent unto you, come here, that I may send you to the king, to say, why is it that I came from Geshur and you have not allowed me to see your face? If there is iniquity in me, let him kill me. I sent your field on fire because I asked you to come, you refused to come. That's what we call selfishness. selfishness. He never considered the the amount of labor and investment Job has invested in that whole barley field ready for harvest. He set it on fire just to get his attention. If you send for Job and Job did not come, why don't you go for Job? Why don't you find out why? If you want to understand selfishness, you understand how babies cry when they are hungry? Eh? When a baby is hungry and she's, and that baby is crying, does he consider if anybody is around him? Does he consider whether his cry is disturbing somebody that is sleeping? Babies are the most selfish being on earth. Because what they need is Food. And if you don't provide that food, wow, wow. If you close your mouth, somebody is sleeping, you don't wake up. Wow, wow. He doesn't care whether what he's doing is affecting someone. That is what we call, sometimes, if you want to know whether you are selfish, ask yourself, how do I consider others? What I do, my actions. The way i speak the way i from my face the way i talk how does this affect others you just want to express yourself you say, i just want to express myself i want to anytime i want to express myself i want to express myself i say it as it is that's selfishness if you say it as it is express yourself like that and somebody is hot you don't care Are you always at all costs looking for the best and most comfortable position at the expense of other people's comfort? That's selfishness. Do you rejoice when you are not badly affected by an event? Maybe an accident happened and somebody died or people died, but you didn't die. You are not, so you are rejoicing. You know, people should be careful how they give testimony. I thank the Lord in that accident, I was the only one that survived. All of them died. I don't know what sin they committed, but, you know. (laughs) Uh, You may not add that one, but that's what you are saying. No. It's not even a cause. I don't know. Even when you are talking about that, you should consider people. Consider people. Some of us, the moment you are in the realm of the spirit, I hear you, you pray, you kabash, you chant, whether your prayer is disturbing your neighbor or not, making him sleepless. You don't care. That is selfishness. You should be able to consider. Some people will put on loud music, even in the they here now, when they want to sleep. They are already used to sleeping with um, loud music in their ear. But the next neighbor, if he hears music, sleep will just go away from his eyes. And even when the neighbor neighbor says, please, can you lower the the volume? He will just lower it for that moment. After a while, he will feel that the pleasure I'm getting from this, I'm no longer getting it again. He will hide it again. And you'll be wondering, but it's like this is high again now many people are selfish that is an activity of the wicked self it may be manifesting in that little way now but it will still manifest in a very big way because the people of god are selfish they don't care for their pastors Eh? ministry has become a very fearful thing in our generation because of the selfishness of believers do you know what pastors do for their members do you know how much they pray do you know what it takes them to prepare messages and so sometimes you will see some members of a church saying eh, you will not go and find what he's going to be doing let him be said. they will be waiting for offering and tithe. Have you heard that kind of thing before? What wickedness is this? What wickedness is this? Haven't you read your Bible? That the Levites that are serving the people of God, that God has commanded that the people should return things to them. Okay, you should go and look for what he's going to do. But you still come and sit down and listen to the word of God. That one is, is not a work. And so you see pastors and ministers, missionaries, suffering. Some of you here, some of them will call you on phone and, and start begging you, please, uh, it has been long, you sent me your tithe. Remember me. What kind of thing is this? Why must they call you and beg you before you know that you should give to God's people? You are only thinking about yourself. Only thinking about yourself. But not everybody is like that. I must confess that there are some people that have good hearts. They remember those that God is using to take responsibility over their life a brother brought something for me last night and when he came I asked him to sit down he sat down and then I asked him over the years I have observed that even when you don't have you will always give to me what is your motivation how do you go about it? how do you learn this You know what he answered? He said, I always think about you. And as I think about you, I will remember that you will need a recharge card. So when I'm buying my own recharge card, I will remember you. You know, as a student on campus, he kept doing this steady almost every month. He will send me a new month text with a recharge card. Hi, I started praying. I said, God, you need to bless this kind of people. If you are if, if, uh, uh, me, you will pray that kind of prayer. You know why you will pray? If God blesses him with more, won't he give more? Ah, <laughs> there are very few. That remembers that the man God is using to help them spiritually should go and read your Bible. Is a natural you know commandment in the Bible, very natural. Even in the New Testament, the command is everywhere. First Corinthians nine eleven, Paul said, If we have ministered to you spiritually, is it a big thing if we reap your material things? Galatians 6 verse 6. He says, those who are receiving teachings from the word of God should share all good things with their teachers. Not only problem. Whenever you have problem, you say, my pastor, my disciple. But when good things happen, you will not share. This is another manifestation of selfishness of self, even among disciples, among believers, among the people of God. May God deliver us from selfishness in the name of Jesus Christ. Absalom carried out a series of political activities before he clinched the throne. And I want us to see that because it's one of the greatest you know, danger of self in a man's life. Look at chapter 15 now. He started his political activity in verse 1. It came to pass after this that Absalom prepared his chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. The first son of David is Amnon. After Amnon is Absalom. Both of them came from different mothers. Now, Absalom felt that it is me that will be the next king. So, it is time. When the, Why the father is still alive? The father has not said, I'm tired of ruling. But he will not be patient. If he is patient and David you know, finish ruin, the throne should naturally fall to him. But self will not allow him to wait. There's another brother of him that rose up after him. I think he's Adonijah also. Uh-huh. Whenever you follow self, you will miss you will miss your opportunity. He prepared his escort 50 men to run before him. You know what it means? You know what it means? (laughs) You are not understanding the Bible. Look at it. It came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. That is, if Absalom is to come as he's moving in his own uh, maybe chariot, there are chariots before there are chariots after there are horses before there are horses after and then there are 50 hefty men that should be in the front running can you imagine the the picture that was after he had succeeded in seeing the face of the king so the next thing is to plan for the throne. The question is, how did he conceive the idea? Eh? How did he think and believe that he is going to be a king while his father is alive? Of course, he set to kill his father in order to clinch the throne. That is what the Bible calls selfish ambition. Selfish ambition, listen to this, is one of the deadliest manifestations of self. The end of the story shows how Absalom was destroyed by this ambition. It was a life cut short and a destiny wasted. Selfish ambition is a desire motivated by self to become someone great or achieve something great thereby commanding the respect of everyone. That's the definition of selfish ambition. It's different from vision, not in expression, but in source. Whereas God, the Holy Spirit, is the source of vision, the flesh self is the source of selfish ambition. If you read Genesis 13, you will see where Abraham and Lot were having issues. Not because they were having issues by the But they are his men. The land couldn't contain them again. So Abraham called Lot and said, Lot, there's no reason why we should be quarreling as brothers. Choose wherever you want to choose. If you choose the left, I will follow the right. If you choose the right, I will follow the left. And the Bible said Lord lifted up his eyes. That is terrible. You know why? Abraham is older than his father. And in my village, in my village, when they divide something, the person that should take first is who? How do you know my village? Because I said in my village, you answered. The elderly person, If you have been with your brothers as you are growing up, maybe you are number 5 and you are 7 and all of you are eating together. And then you suddenly take meat as the food is going on. What do you think will happen to you that day? (laughs) By the time your elderly ones will finish beating you, your parents will come and join. (laughs) After that day, you will learn forever that you should wait for those who are older than you to choose first. look at Lot. Abraham said choose. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes. That's ambition. He saw the plain ground of Sodom and he chose. He was living near Sodom. The next report was he was in Sodom. And everything he, he labored for. All of them were destroyed by fire. The Bible says it came to pass after this, after Lot has separated from Abraham, that God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes. So for Lot, he lifted up his eyes. For Abraham, it was God that said. That is the difference between ambition. Both of them are lifting up eyes and seeing something and pursuing it. But it depends on who asks you to lift up your eyes. For Lot, it was self, selfish ambition. For Abraham, it was a vision from above. For Absalom, it was self that told him, you can be king. Yes, it's possible. If you just kill your father now, however it can happen, you will become the king. So start planning towards that. And James 3 verse 16, NIV, he said, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Wherever you find envy and selfish ambition, NIV, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. It followed Absalom's case. Eh? Selfish ambition is what has made many who should be serving God comfortably under a church, under a ministry, under a man, to break away and start their own ministry. Some broke away rebelliously, while others claimed that God led them when it was the voice of self that they heard. God has a lot and a plan for every man. And why you are, why, W H Y, Why you are not God is because, or let me put it this way. You have to accept the fact that you are not God. Did you get me now? Because if you are to God, the the, the choice you will make for yourself will be different from the choice that God has made for you. I don't know whether you are getting it. Because many, many people, they don't want to accept. God has made it that you will serve under this man. That is God's plan. They say, no, I don't want to be under anybody. I, so they would accept God's own lot, L-O-T, for their life. They want to use their energy, natural energy, to devise and work out their own way. I was telling a brother. I say, when a Christian brother or sister refuses to do the will of God, God does not kill him. He doesn't kill her. If God is to kill people, he will start from witches and wizards or people. I mean, people that are very far doing a lot of evil against him. You know that is even trying, he won't quite kill you. Sometimes, if you say you want to go away from the will of God, he may even support you. A man of God was sharing in a meeting. He said that he wanted to leave where God has posted him to be. And God said to him, Don't worry, I will send you transport money to go. And as he was still waiting, transport money came. And he he rejected the transport and went back to work I said, God, is that how you are? I said, since you want to go, I'm ready to sponsor you. But just know that you will miss my perfect will for you. If a brother says, I won't marry the will of God. I will marry who I like. God is not going to kill you. You will have children. Have everything you want. But one thing you have missed, which will not, might not be fully clear in this life. Sometimes it is fully clear. But most times it may not be fully clear. Is that the original plan and purpose of God for your life, you have missed it. Eternity will reveal many things. Eternity will showcase many, many things. It's going to be a wonder. It will be dangerous for you to presume that God has given you a vision when it was self that has given you an ambition to pursue to your own destruction. Look at verse 2 of 2 Samuel 15. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. Absalom rose up early. And Absalom, being fully convinced that he will succeed in his selfish ambition, set out with all diligence for his pursuit. He diligently rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. Please pay attention to where he was standing. Where was he standing, please? Beside the way of the gate. He knew that if he will stand at the gate itself. Okay, maybe you need to read what he, he did there. Let's read it. Verse 2 And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that has a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribe of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man. They put of the king to hear thee. And Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made a judge in the land. He didn't say king, because you know that will cause a problem. Oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which had any suit or cause might come unto me, and I will do him justice. And it was so that when any man came near to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. Everybody was seated together. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the heart of the men of Israel. He stole their hearts. Now, what I want you to see is his strategy, very intelligent, self can be very articulate. Self can be very intelligent, giving you intelligence on what to do and how to do it so that you'll be able to clinch the ambition. But just as you're about to clinch the ambition or enjoy the ambition, that person may be cut off. That was the case with Absalom. He told him, stand beside the way of the gate. Don't stand at the gate. So he went and hid himself beside the way of the gate. A road he knew that everyone that is going to the gate to see the king for justice must pass through. He was not standing in the gate. But he went to a road that you must pass through before you get to the gate. And was standing there. So anybody who is going to the gate must pass through that road. And when you are passing, you say, hey, he normally comes out very early. Because that's when people will want to get the attention of the king. Maybe they will come and take their number. Have you been to counseling where people will come early to take their number? Self can supply you the wise strategies you can follow to achieve his ambition. To your utter destruction. He was in his hideout, capturing everyone that is bringing his case to the king for justice. Lying to them that neither the king or anybody will be available to listen to them, even if they go to the gate. So there's no point passing me. If you go to the gate, nobody will listen to you. Is that true? It's a a lie. So he was still lying against the king to achieve his ambition. That's another... Where you will know ambition. An ambitious person can do anything, he can go through the way of unrighteousness. If he's sensing that he's slow in achieving this ambition, he will try to do one or two things to get it fast, even if it means being crooked and or lying. Now you can imagine Absalom a ruthless, heartless killer who killed his own brother in cold blood telling people that oh that I am the judge I will deliver justice to people he not supposed to be in prison if he is judged I mean in, in some place murder for murder maybe he would have died so he's now claiming that if I am met the president Oh my God. You know, our country is in a period of um, election. Have you seen some of our presidential candidates making promises? That's the kind of thing Absalom was doing. If I were made a judge, but they know his history. But sometimes human heart can easily be deceived. Sometimes people can easily forget what happened. Oh, that I will, I will, I will, I am the judge, I will deliver justice to all. Eh? Absolute, you deliver justice to all. It's not justice he want to deliver, it's an ambition he want to achieve. He pretended to be humble. Did you see when we read when people want to bow down? What does he do? He said, "No, you don't need to bow down to me. I'm a human being like you." He will kiss the person, and you know, say, "Go." I'm a lovely person, and all of this was targeted towards what? An ambition. An ambition. In my little life time, I have seen brothers. That are or we are very ambitious about ministry. Sometimes when they come to what we are doing. in the little thing that we are doing. That God is using to train us. And prepare us for greater height tomorrow. They will just despise it. I remember one brother telling me that the reason why he left Calvary Way in those days was because... He felt that God has called him to touch the whole world with the gospel, and we are just doing discipleship class. So he reasoned his mind, how can discipleship class enable him to touch the world? He said he just thought about it and left. After several years, he returned back, almost mad, just a little thing. I said to him, I thought you say you're going to touch the world with the gospel. How many countries have you touched? He said, if not that I had spiritual accident. You know what I call spiritual accident? <laughs> <laughs> he had some spiritual accidents, And he couldn't touch the world again. May God help us in Jesus' name. Verse 5 and 6. Okay, I think that's where he was, you know, pushing for people's hearts, false humility. And he stole the heart of the men of Israel. He was advertising himself. He tarnished his father's image in order to achieve his selfish ambition. He advertised himself so much with all kinds of deceitful actions and words. In order to gain the heart and the attention of the people. In what ways have you been advertising yourself in order to be acknowledged, recognized, and praised by others? Has your ambition to become a leader, a deacon, an elder, president, sisters, coordinator, secretary, whatever, of your church or fellowship made you diligent in maybe following the current president? Advertising yourself quietly like Absalom in order to become or to achieve. Sometimes they succeed. I hope you know. Campus fellowship, are you here? Sometimes they succeed. You just look at the current president and something will tell him, be going close to him, be serving him. But that success will never be to the glory of God. Even the spiritual exercise like fasting that some of us have been into is as a result of selfish ambition. Sometimes you hear a man of God say, I prayed six hours. He said, Eh, okay, he's praying six hours that make him to become like this. I will pray six hours. I fasted 70 days. Eh. So that's if that's what if I Eh? You will listen to this one. You will say this one. You will start that one. As you are doing that one, you will listen to the other one. You will say... You know why you are restless? You are restless because you are too ambitious to be quiet for God to give you His own vision for you. You are trying to repeat another man's life. Are you getting what I'm talking about? God is not a repeater of pattern. That is, I mean... The way he led this person is not always exactly the way he has, that's why he's God, he likes diversity. So sometimes, when God is moving in a particular way, if you are not careful, you may hear some people arrogantly saying that there's no other way God can move, there's no other, uh, this is beginning and end of God, as you are saying, talking or tapu the other side. He will just open up and start moving, moving. Now, you that is in the other side, you will now open your eyes. Is this God? You go and search, study the whole thing. You notice that this is God. Then you become tired. That's when you know that God cannot be caged. And that's why it's not good to copy people. Listen, whatever you see has finished. God is interested in what is coming out. Coming out. Anything you see, any ministry see, anything it has finished. But unfortunately, the flesh likes identifying with what is big, what is raining, what is already that which God is nurturing, building, you just come and say, hmm, look at what they are doing here. I beg I go to where things are happening. Are you understanding me at all? selfish ambition some people say that God has called them to start a church to pioneer a ministry sometimes when I I meet a lot of them every time when I look at them I don't see the capacity it's obvious one came to me just very recently he was waiting for me to tell him that God did not ask him to start a church I didn't talk to him I said, go and pray. He finished praying, he came back, he said, he saw a vision where he saw this man of God and the man of God said he's an apostle and all of that. So when he finished saying all of that, I just encouraged him and prayed for him. You know, if I discourage him, eh, he will still do what he wants to do. Ambition is very strong and can be very strong. And when he is doing what he wants to do, if he meets a roadblock there, he will find it difficult to come back to me, for me to help him. Because he will feel that because I discouraged him, that I am against him. Are you getting it now? So to give him opportunity to return back to me, if he has a problem, because I know he will surely have a problem. I know, I know, I know, he doesn't have the capacity. You say God called you to start a church, a ministry, and for 10 years, eh, the members has grown from 20 to 25, and then 23, and then 15. There was one video that was trending online. One pastor that went, went to hang himself. How many of us saw that video? People already saw him on the galo, and they rushed and brought him down. And they're asking him, Pastor, what is happening? Say, how can he be in ministry for how many years and the ministry is not growing? It's better for him to die. (laughs) Who called you to start that ministry? You say, it's God. Are you sure? Are you sure? Where is the capacity? Many people don't want to partner with what God is doing already. Even when it is the will of God for them to partner, they want to pioneer so that they will answer G O or G S. May God deliver His church. In the name of Jesus Christ. We said even though you seem loyal and submissive in the eyes of people currently in that ministry or church or revival levels as you are not currently plotting how and when you will start your own using the name that self has raised to you You know, sometimes people can be loyal, submissive, then somewhere in their heart something is telling them, you are going to stay here just for it. once you pick some strategies. Eh? You just leave them and set up. That is the spirit of Absalom. Do you advertise yourself a man of God has given me his complimentary card? Have you seen a man of God that has a complimentary card? And in that complimentary card you will meet the chief CEO of the ministry. And then he say we are available for your for preaching in your weddings, your retreats and conferences, you can invite us. <laughs> oh God. Sometimes what somebody who doesn't have knowledge is looking for. Those who have knowledge, they are running away from. God spoke to me one day and said, Your ministerial words, your ministerial words is equivalent to the number of invitations you have rejected. I said, eh? He repeated it again. I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, if you will follow me, I will guide you. And when I guide you, many of the invitations to come and preach here and there, they are not from me. Even the people that gather together and say, let us invite him. I didn't lead them to do so. So you must follow me. You know, when I heard that, before I I answer any invitation to preach oh my god I have to screen it again and again I have to pray I, God has given me too many assignments too many work that before I will leave it to go and respond to another call, I must be sure that it is the same God that is calling me there. are you getting me at all life is very simple if we leave it in the spirit but when you are behaving as if you are in a rat race with people as if you are struggling and competing with someone or to prove something about your life, then you see yourself in endless struggle. Absalom plotted a kill, and you know his plan was to kill his father. Look at chapter f- uh, 15, verse 7 to 11. It came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For I servant vowed a vow while I abode at Gezer in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom rennet in Hebron. Look at what he told his father and look at what he has in mind. What a wicked self, deceitful, deceiving others and being deceived himself. He felt convinced at this point that he has gotten enough people to take over the throne. So he plotted a cue. And look at the kind of thing he told David. He knew that David will like it. Eh? That's what some people do. Self will study you. Eh? When self wants to direct you or lead you. He will tell you to study the person and know the way to talk to him. For example, if somebody come to me and say, sir, the Lord is leading me to go for set-apart. I say, yes! That's good! You know why? Because I like set-apart. So, somebody can come and say, um, I want the Lord is leading me to go for set apart for two or three days to be alone with God. And then he's planning another thing. That's what happened here. So David was like, go in peace. Go and sacrifice to the Lord. Go and fulfill your vow. But he has finished his plots. My brothers and sisters, Absalom died in the process. Do you know that they told Absalom, Ahithophel told Absalom, if you want to clinch the throne, bring out all your father's wife that we are still left and sleep with them on top of the uh, uh, roof. Absalom said, what is that? As long as I will get what I'm looking for. Selfish ambition can be strong. Shameless. Sleeping with his father's concubines on top of the roof. And every Israel was watching. Just for him to become the king. And after that, he went to battle to fight his father. To kill his own father. That gave birth to him, fed him, loved him, trained him. Sometimes, you know, this thing may not make sense to you. Because you can't imagine yourself killing your father. But you remember that people can murder by mouth. I have seen disciples that we spent our life trying to help them. At a the time, they would just break out. And when you hear the kind of things that they are saying about you and against you, you wonder. Self can be wicked. People that you brought into your house... Gave accommodation, fed, both spiritually and physically, guided. When you hear the things that they are now speaking against you. That's a murder. Self can be wicked, and selfish ambition is a threat to God's vision for your life. Absalom ended shamefully as the train of selfish ambition cut short his life and the throne that self has promised him, which he has diligently and intelligently pursued with all forms of lies, deceit and wickedness. He never sat there for one day. Shake your heart at this point. Is there any ambition dear given to you by self? and maybe you are thinking is God reject self deny self Jesus said I repeat Luke 9:23 If any one of you want to come after me let him deny himself Don't forget that the greatest threat and enemy to revival is self and if we must be vessels for revival we must rejects and denies self. In any form, it is still manifesting in us. Rise on your feet and pray. Rise on your feet and pray. In what way has the Spirit of God ministered to you? From the story of Absalom. What has he shown you? We started from forgiveness. Do you remember? Are there people that offended you like absolutely refuse to forgive Amnon? That you have not forgiven. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org Testimonies, counselling, and prayers. You can send an email to Calvary Revival Labels at gmail.com or call 080 65607999. Could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival